Let's roll. All, all right. right. Welcome in Garage Talk Podcast, and let's get started first of all by I'm going to crack OMG. one of these open. My guest is Ashley Maine. She is my co-host on the morning show at Q100.3. We've been working on making this happen for a while. It is happening. It is happening. And not only Do we is cheers? It, I mean, here. I'll read. <laughs> All right. Hey. All right. Don't knock, Don't knock that down. It's not like the radio studio. It's not all set in place, so it's somewhat... Uh, no, this is different. I mean, I spent a good chunk of my day with you this morning and Zumba, and then I'm in Grant's Pass now in your garage with a so, white claw. I mean, I walked into the studio probably... I mean, it's 6.49 right now, so about... Was it 13, 13 hours, ago? hours ago? Are you kidding me? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that. Okay. So White Claw and I broke up and we just got back together. We are the official Ross and Rachel. <laughs> well, there you go. Cheers. Let me get a sip Cheers. of this. All right. And we'll get started here and who knows how long this is going to last, but <laughs> probably at least a couple of minutes, I guess. <laughs> Maybe a few. We'll see. Well, you were just telling me, we talked about a few things, but you were saying, oh, it's really timely because you and I... Started doing the morning show almost five years ago, but the ball started rolling before that. And you were saying to me right before I hit record that <laughs> something popped up in your time hop. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, stop, because we got to <laughs> let's just just get right into it. Yeah. So I have a time hop app on my phone, and when I was looking at it, it was a picture of me and two of my best friends in my hometown, and we were at a wine cellar in in Aberdeen, Washington, where I'm from, and it you can see like our glossed over eyes. And it was the picture of me telling them, hey, I have been contacted by a general manager of a station in Medford, and I've had a handful of conversations, and now they're wanting to fly me down to visit the station and have an in-person interview, and I'm going to go. And it's just, it's so weird to me because I'm really nostalgic, and to look back, it'd be like, it's been five years, like five years ago today. I was having conversations with with this particular job as a program director and morning show co-host. And only about what two weeks later? Two Not weeks even. Later? So it was I right came right before Christmas, wasn't it? It was the weekend before Christmas. Most you were on vacation at the time. Yeah, they made me come back into work. Uh huh. I remember you picked me up at the Rogue Regency, and we went. And I had my first Dutch Bros, and we drove around town. And the next day, like after we had talked, you were like, do you want to do like a makeshift Saturday morning show and just see? Didn't they tell us that we had to? Yeah, but I didn't know that. It was just like a, you guys are just going to show up at the station and go live for a little bit and see what happens. And that evening, I was at Bricktown and presented a contract for, for the job. And I accepted the position on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and we were on the air for like 45 minutes, mm-hmm. not even quite an hour because we were trying to sneak in there, but it's hard to sneak. It is really totally hard to hard sneak. To sneak. And be like, what's going on here? Well, first of all, why why is Jason at work on Saturday? <laughs> and then, which doesn't happen very often as far as like doing a Saturday morning right. show. And then, who is this? And there's a couple people that caught on. Yeah, that people were That there was something happening out. for sure. It was wild. But we just had to dip our toe in a little bit and see if we thought that was going to work. And and honestly, it did. Like, I felt really good about it from the get-go. And ironically, our former general general manager reached out to me on Facebook. 
and said, hey, I'm so-and-so with such-and-such station, and we have a job opportunity that we think you'd be perfect for. We had somebody give us your name. And I was like, what the heck is Medford? Like, I knew nothing about this area. I'm born What did you know about Oregon? Portland? No, I, I kind of knew about Southern Oregon, but I had never been here before. Like, I thought Bend. Like, I was like, I've been, is, where's Bend? Is that close? We I've never been there Bend. either. No. It would be nice if we were. But see, I've never been there either, so I don't <laughs> know what that's like. But yes, I'd been to Portland. I've been to Eugene. I've been to Albany. And I've driven through I-5, but I didn't... You didn't get off the freeway and no, look around? and nothing made sense to me. Like, all of the towns, I had no idea. And when I came down, I got to see Ashland, Jacksonville, Medford. We didn't come to Grants Pass, but I got to see a good chunk of the area. And then I started doing my research, and I was like, all right, this area looks really cool. And I'm from a town of 27,000 people. So, which is about what Grants, well, Grants Pass is up to 35 now, but when I moved here, it was right around mid 20s. Yeah. So, super small town. You'd have to drive an hour to get to restaurants, shopping. So when I came here, I was like, man, everything is like... There's a mall? 10 minutes away. No, I literally called my mother on the escalator at the mall because I was like, they have two floors here. Our mall has cracked floors and you trip. <laughs> like, seriously, not night and day difference. And being born and raised there, it was really, really tough to pack up my life because I accepted the job on Christmas Eve and I moved January 8th. And went to Memphis the and next day. went to day. Memphis the next day. <laughs> Which for me, it was, that was a difficult time because Amanda had left the radio station, took a great job in Cincinnati and has kicked all of the ass since moving there and so proud of what she's been able to do. And you can say whatever the you want to. (laughs) I only bleep that because I haven't said that word yet, even though you know I use that word. Sure. I don't use any profanity really in front of my kids, but out here. I'm not used to that with a microphone. I know. Isn't it great? Wow. I felt like my heart may have stopped She's like, you can't do that. Which technically, we I think we can get away with saying ass on the radio. We just don't do it. We just choose not to. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so yes, Amanda's kicking all of the ass and then some. And I love her. And we, yeah, she's awesome. She's been an amazing friend from the moment I moved to Oregon. We we were able to connect and, and what she's doing is extremely inspirational. She just has such a great story because even when she came to us, she wasn't anything like she is now. She was on her way there. She just, she hadn't discovered some things about her yet. Right. I think she was still learning a lot about herself. And then. Hell, we time, all are. Exactly. Which is. All the time. I mean, who knows what we're going to learn in the next hour. Ooh. Who knows how long, (laughs) but uh, it was a weird time because she left and I, I don't blame her one bit for leaving. We had a lot of success in a very short period of time. And then it was me. And then every single application that would come in was these old radio guys and no offense to the old radio guys. Cause I'm going to be the old radio guy here soon, or I don't know when I'm officially an old radio guy, but Not you know yet. what I'm talking about. <laughs> you get the resume. It's got the picture. They've got the Hawaiian shirt on it. It's hey, everybody you know, it's just like, there's no way it's different. And I'm like, it's a I, different generation of yeah, radio. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I would rather do it by myself than have one of those. Or you know what? Just go ahead and start from scratch. And I'm sure. going to, you know, because I have the other job there. But um, so it was very refreshing to have someone all of a sudden come out of the woodwork, you know, that Bill figured out about or found out about you because of a mutual friend and B-dub. B-dub I'll give him a shout out. Buck yeah. Wild Saturday Nights. Yeah, B-dub. B-dub got and, me uh, my job. Right. Well, <laughs> wow. no, you got I got me job. my job, but he put my name in the pot. Exactly. So, so 
it was just so refreshing and who knew that it would be like a rocket ship ride from instantly from the get-go when we moved like i literally was i had a weekend to unpack and then we went to memphis like i didn't even get to meet co-workers aside from when i came down and had a tour of the station but i will say going to memphis for the first thing for us to do together i think solidified what we have done in five years and any other year we would have flown to Memphis together, but it was the year the Ducks were in the national championship in Dallas. <laughs> and so I went to Dallas. We got beat. We stayed up too late. I may have, you know, had a little bit of post game. I don't know if fun's the I had right to board word. board op for you. Well, you were supposed to, and I was still <laughs> I was like, sleeping. Jason's I didn't not have a here. voice. And yeah, that was a whole nother thing. But <laughs> anyway, so we ended up meeting. Not for the first time, but we met up in Memphis. In Memphis. Although, I mean, every time since then, we've flown together and we've I traveled all Bill. over. Yeah. <laughs> and so here it was. We meet again for the second time in Memphis. And it was like, it was so weird. It was like, and not in a bad way. It was like we had almost been around each other before for a while. Yeah. At least that's what it felt like to me. Absolutely. Because I met you and, and that's when I met Bryce. Yep. And it... It's a trip that I will never forget as far as what happened, what transpired, the emotion that comes from being at the hospital and being with people that I didn't necessarily know that I now have a relationship with. And of course, the, the what we have done through St. Jude in the last five years is hands down probably one of the best highlights of my life Yeah, and what I am extremely passionate about. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that not only just us getting together in Memphis and being a part of that trip, but also having that hospital experience that for anyone who's ever been to St. Jude or knows anything about St. Jude, it's life changing the work they're doing there. So it's like, here we are, we're on the road together. We're going to sit through these conferences and the seminar. And Oh, by the way, you're going to go see this place and there's no other place like it in the world. You're going to cry together. You're going to meet Randy Owen. You're going to have moment after moment. I mean, it just, it it's what told me I did the right thing because I feel like you can second guess your moves. Like I don't have family here. I don't have friends here. I do now, but at the time I didn't know anyone here. I moved by myself and to be in a spot where I genuinely felt a connection to you. I felt it to Bryce and it was like almost a God thing where it went. If you have any part of you that says you didn't do the right thing, it's gone. Like this is where you are supposed to be. It's where you're meant to be. And it was like a rocket ship after that. Yeah. And you take a radio job and programming the radio station and doing the morning show with me, probably not really thinking that, I mean, what did you even know about St. Jude? We, I had done a radiothon before. Okay. So we had done one years ago at my former station and I thought it was really cool. I didn't obviously get to go to the hospital, but I was like, okay, this is exciting. I've seen the commercials kind of put two and two together and it worked out really well to have a background. It wasn't like my first experience in understanding what it was for the first time. It was, I understand what this is. And now I get to understand even more of what they do at St. Jude and get fully immersed in it. And it's, it's a charity that, I will never not donate to. It's a cause I will always believe in, no matter what my job is. If if my job in radio were to be gone tomorrow for the rest of my life until we don't need a St. Jude anymore, they will get my my blessing, my love, my money, 
all of it. Well, and that's what I was thinking about. That's why I brought that up because, yeah, you participated in a radiothon, but it wasn't like it was a part of your life. No, it was where totally now different. We are constantly working on something, whether Every day. it's the next event, <laughs> the next golf tournament, the next radiothon, whatever that is. And so it is. It's just become a part of your life. It's been a part of my life, and it's just it's just awesome to be a part of and you don't really expect something like that. I know that I didn't, I didn't really know hardly anything when I went to work there, you know, when I, when I signed up for the job, the um, next thing I know, they're like, we're doing a radiothon and uh, we need you to answer the phones. And then I'm like, what is this? You know, right. and it just kind of one thing led to another and then the light came on and here we are. I love it. You know, I did not program a station before I moved here. I was a music director. And so to just, jump in it was like here we are st jude 365 days a year program the station do this morning show live this life what was it like trying to figure out how to program the radio station awesome. not doing it yeah I, yes i love it i love it so much and it's weird because i've had some conversations more recently about um if i had to choose one or the other what would i choose the on-air aspect or the programming aspect and i would choose on air it's and I don't know if that's necessarily what I would have chosen years ago, but I I think I choose that because I love what we have created together. Mm -hmm. I love what we've done in this community and I feel like I'm actually making a difference in somebody else's life. And if you were to take that component out and have me just be behind the scenes, I don't think I would get the satisfaction that I feel like I need to make sure I'm doing good in this world and it's a lot of fun to do the morning show not that programming a station isn't fun i've programmed a station before it's just a lot more fun to do the morning yes. show there's something magical about it i think part of that has to do with like the chemistry right mm -hmm. chemistry we have 100%. had chemistry with amanda as well it wasn't the same it was good it was just different you know in its own way and it was good and it worked but there's just something about that. And yeah. when you can feed off the energy and you know you can help make someone's day in so many different ways, I mean, it's crazy to think about. And I'm not a morning person. I hate it. <laughs> like, I, I was up till 11 two nights ago. Last night it was 1030 and I just struggle. Yeah. I mean, I just have I to struggle. No. I just I just ride the struggle bus. Like I'm nervous about tomorrow. <laughs> like by the time I well, get it's home. It's only 7 o'clock. I understand, but I got to drive a half hour. It's fine. It's, I, I'm the, totally, I'm prepared. You can stay I, in the gently used Winnebago if you need to. <laughs> There's a king bed out there. It's plugged in. It's ready to go. I'm totally prepared. I'm good. And with, with programming, I would also have a tough time relinquishing my control and giving it to somebody else. Yeah. I think like I would have a really hard time. We're probably both wired that way mm -hmm. where we just don't want to give anything up. Like I like, Which is why I like I having my like hands on <laughs> I'm insane. things. I mean, that yeah. sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Like, but having your, your involvement with so many different things, because I feel like we're never satisfied. Like I am somebody that's never satisfied. Like I am not a fan of being the status quo. Like I'm always wanting to do more and be a part of more and filling all of my time. And at the same time, in the same breath, it's like, oh, there's so much going on all of the time. But if there wasn't, what would I do? Yeah. I'd sit around and watch TV all day. What fun is that? I mean, yeah. Okay. There's some great shows out there. But I'd have to find more Zumba classes. Exactly. Which is where you came from. I'm sweaty and gross. <laughs> like whoever wears your headphones next. I apologize. Well, you know, it is what it is. I'll wipe them down with the Lysol wipe or I'll just put them back in the bag and then get them back out when it's time to do the next one. <laughs> it does help that Zumba's not very far from here. And, and I love it. Like I, I've definitely committed myself to Zumba for two. I think it's been two months now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you were telling me before we started doing this that it's just you're just so all into it. Like you just completely it just gives you energy, even though you're dead after doing it. Yeah, and it's a different kind of dead. And I I started doing Zumba a couple of years ago with our former promotions girl Kylie, and I did it for a little while. I wasn't great at it and I, I struggled with it, with the, the dance moves and the jumping and the things. And I, I got to a point where I was like, this ain't for me. Like, I'm not good at this. And after my breast reduction, I started running and I was like, I need something else to do with my time. Like I need another activity. And I wasn't the biggest fan of going to a gym. Like I like the idea of somebody telling me what to do and personal trainers are expensive. So I found out that this guy named Junior, who I had taken classes from before in Medford, was teaching in Grants Pass with a girl named Alicia. And I was like, I'm going. And I went and I haven't stopped going. I literally have been every Wednesday and Saturday since I started going the first time, aside from the week that I was in California at Ellen. I even went when I was sick and I thought I was going to pass out. Like I was not good. But you survived. (laughs) I did. So you live to talk about it. Yeah. And I, for anyone that's never done it, it is extremely inspiring to be around people that all have the same agenda and you are sweating profusely. They hug each other. It's so weird because you're gross, but it's awesome. Like I could be in the worst mood ever and not want to go work out and I will drive a half hour. I will come to Grants Pass and I will Zumba for an hour. I will sweat more than I've ever sweat doing anything. And my mood is instantly changed. I'm happy. I want to dance more. And it's, it's awesome. So talk about when you stopped doing it before, because did you stop because it was too much with all that was going on? Yeah. You talked about getting a breast reduction. You and I had a chance to talk about that on the air. It hurt. Kind of. <laughs> impromptu and yeah. we talked about it for quite a while but i think it's worth diving into because it's pretty awesome how are you ready for another white claw yeah no i'm baby okay. in this. i'm okay. getting there well let me know if you need another one I'm, I'm not pushing i'm just saying <laughs> there's another one available if I'm you want slowly one. getting back into the relationship with right. black cherry you don't want to overdo it no but I don't overdo it. uh you told me and told our listeners on the air about what it was like to struggle with i mean how do you want to explain I mean, why I mean, don't you just say what, I think what there's a lot dealing with. goes into it. Um, I had wanted a breast reduction since I was 15. I'm 36 years old. And I may have been 14. Uh, I was young and I just, I remember I developed earlier than any other girl in my class. So you were out in front. Yep. Big time. In a and big way. In a very big way. And at first... It was kind of cool to be noticed for that because, you know, when you're a teenager and you've got older fellas that are inquiring, (laughs) you know, back then you didn't have text messaging or any of those things, but it was nice to have attention. But then you realize why you're getting the attention. And there were a lot of things that got said to me at a very young age that I think shaped a horrible direction that I went and it was really awful for my self-confidence and how I like felt about myself on the inside and the older I got the worse it it got because they just don't stop growing and so I ended up in a spot where everything was difficult whether it was buying dresses for dances clothes in general and just the comments that people would say like they don't, that doesn't go away. Like that sticks in your brain forever. Uh, whether it was a boyfriend or just a random guy or somebody in school, it 
sucks. <laughs> it's a really horrible situation to go through and you don't really understand. And my parents divorced when I was really young. And so I, I lived with my dad uh, for a majority of the time. And it was a really big struggle to have my father be the one that I had to like talk to about those things. And it was awful. Like I, it'll probably make me cry thinking about it because I feel so differently now, which is weird. Cause it's been, it was July 9th when I had my surgery and my surgery was awful. Like I, I don't want to ever have to do that again to get the results I have now. I would, but it was, it was a really brutal surgery and awful recovery, but I'm a hundred percent glad that I did it. And if I were to be able to tell my younger self that someday you're going to be able to wear what you want to wear and do the things that you can't do in school, like PE, all that stuff. Like I remember in being in like the locker room when you'd have to change and like put your sports bra on and you know, your white t-shirt. And I like fought tooth and nail all the time about it. Cause I just hated it. I hated my body. It gave me a horrible image of myself. And I kept that up until I met my now husband. So you didn't really talk to many people about that, like the the struggle or um, you said you talked to your dad a little bit, but I mean, did you keep most of it inside or was that something you I talked to your friends a, about? Or? Some friends. I mean, I had some close girlfriends that I would talk to, but for the most part, it just wasn't talked about. It was like taboo to talk about it, I think. And we're in such a different world now than what we were then where women are way more vocal about things. But there were a handful of situations that I struggle with to this day that happened that I just don't talk about. I don't talk about them with anybody. And I don't know if I've ever brought it up to you. I was, gosh, 17, I want to say. And I had a situation with a boss that ended up like I was sitting I remember sitting at a desk and he came up behind me and reached his hands down over my shoulders and grabbed my chest and he was an older man like probably if I was 17 he was probably in his 50s at the time and I just remember freezing like didn't know what to do didn't know what to say we were the only two people there and I just sat there like I just sat there and let him do what he was doing. And uh, somebody had like walked by the front of the building and he stopped and I like jumped up and I was like, what the hell? What just happened? And I like saw like slow motion what was going on and he went into the back of the room and I was shaking and I remember grabbing my phone, my Nokia bar phone from way back when and I remember texting my mom, I need help. Like that was all I could do. And I needed to get my stuff because I was like, I have to leave. I can't be here. I can't I can't do this. And I remember walking into the back room and he had shut the door, locked the door and was like, you can't tell anybody about this. Wow. And I just kind of stood there and I was pretty naive at 17. I mean, I'm probably naive now, but I was pretty naive as a 17 year old and for a situation like that, like I'd had situations with guys my age or guys that were in school with me, um, nothing to that extent. And I remember grabbing my stuff and walking out the door and saying nothing. And I called my mom 
And I called my dad and it just blew up from there. And he ended up quitting before they could do anything about it. And nothing happened. It literally like nothing happened. But it it made everything worse for me, whether it was relationships with boyfriends, relationships in general with men that were just friends of mine. Like everything took a drastic turn for the worst. And I just assumed everybody wanted that. Like that's just what everybody's motive was behind being friendly to me. And I became an asshole. Like I just couldn't deal. And I kept telling myself, I'm getting rid of these. Like I can't, I'm not going to have them anymore. I just, I want them gone. I don't want to deal with it. I have no interest in this. And Lucas, thankfully, was on board from the get-go. Like, he was like, let's do this. Like, I think it's great. We even talked about doing it before the wedding. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad I did it for a lot of reasons. Not just that, but there's a lot of things that led up to that that I just have hid in the back of my mind for years because it's hard. You know, there's a lot of health reasons behind it. You know, the like being able to exercise and be a healthier version of myself. But there was a lot of self depreciation and not feeling my worth or knowing what my worth was. And I, I'm slowly learning that that was just a shitty situation that should have never happened. And no one should ever feel like anything like that is okay. And I know that this, this whole Me Too movement and all of these things, like I still, I've kept all of that to me. I mean, my close friends and family knew, um, did you try and press charges yeah. or file a report? Yes. What happened with that? Nothing. So you went to the authorities and we, they didn't yeah. do anything? We went to the authorities. I ended up losing my job over it uh, because I pressed too hard. Um, nothing, like We had restraining orders against him. My, my dad found him one time in a Walmart. and How did that go? Not well. No? <laughs> not well for the guy. Uh, my dad ended up Did in he get a, in trouble. Yeah. Your and, dad got in trouble. Yes. And then my dad had to go to court. So he took matters into his own hands. Yeah. Which most dads would probably Absolutely. want to do. Yeah. And some act on it and some don't. Yeah. And I can't say that I blame him for <laughs> acting on it. It was. Uh, because I don't even, I'm, you know, for a guy, it's completely different. And I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. And when you were talking about sitting there and being frozen, like I literally had the chills and was just sitting here frozen thinking about what that must have been like and how long of a period of time goes by. And I'm sure it felt like it felt a, like forever. a long period of time. I can't tell you how long it was. And I, what's horrible about it is I can describe every inch of what that man looks like. If I see him and to see him or his family, like it's, it was bad. It was awful, awful. I haven't even actually like talked openly about that. Years, years. Like, I don't even know if my husband knows about that, that which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He may end up knowing now. <laughs> There's Possible. a good chance. There's a good chance. But what? I, th the whole situation with the surgery, like I am all for people doing what makes them feel good. And because of the size of my chest, I've never felt comfortable in my skin ever. Not once. And while I'm currently not where I want to be, Health-wise, I'm on the path I want to be on, and I feel comfortable in my skin. I feel comfortable wearing clothes. I feel comfortable running. Like, I've never ran. I'm running. Like, I run miles. I 
upwards of five typically in a in a setting and it's the most freeing I've ever felt yeah I don't know that people can quite understand what that's like I only know from what you've told me and I have sisters and I've talked to them about different things and some other people but I don't know that people can really understand who aren't in that situation how many things you actually can't do or how difficult it is like maybe you can do it but you're gonna. I'm punish, a golfer. You're gonna punish yourself, right? <laughs> yes, you were not hard. running. You were, yeah, exactly. It's hard. But to be able to do that and have it completely change your life, and then, like for me, the coolest part was watching you talk about it when we didn't plan to talk about it, and it was almost like this giant weight was just lifted right off of you. Hundred percent. And it's almost like since that moment, it's overdrive. Now it's like you just took off running and zumbaing and doing all these things. And it's cool to watch. I I appreciate that. Um, and I will say since then, I, I feel like I am a different person, a hundred percent, a different person. And I don't know if it's because I just never felt like how I wanted to feel mm-hmm. like on the inside. I want to be this person that does all these things and is, you know, confident and has less anxiety and, it's hard to be those things when you don't feel good in your skin. And so from the moment I finally ended up in a spot in recovery where I was starting to feel like, okay, all right, I feel like I'm moving right along. Like now I'm in a spot where I'd like to try something I haven't done before. And when I started running, I liked it. Like people think I'm crazy. Like, what do you like to run? Yeah. I like to listen to music that makes me feel like I'm going to punch my face and I'm going to run down the freaking street like an idiot. And I'm just going to go. I I like it's the best stress reliever. It's the best thing to do when I'm already happy. And when I got to where I was like, I'm going to try Zumba now. And now that I like can do it, I don't feel as white girl as I am when I like dance even though I, I'm totally a white girl and I don't have great moves, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm in a spot where your sister stopped by the station today and gave me a, a free class to go to a, a, a bar class. I've never done that before, but I'm learning about it. I don't even know what she was talking about. <laughs> she said, I brought Ashley these things for a free bar class. And I just, not the bar I, with the alcohol. I just said, okay, well she does some kind of, What's that? Do you know what that the, the doll pack? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, your girl ain't gonna be doing no doll pack over here. No offense, like, but those those are moves I haven't. I don't down know yet. what moves they do. I don't know that I want to know. I just saw a short <laughs> clip and a picture, and I was like, "That's my sister," <laughs> and a lot of other ladies. And there's a lot going on there. I mean, they they get down like what they do. Good on them. And I would like to do those moves. I don't think I have the ability to do them in public. You never know. You may. I I mean, mean, you're turning over a whole new leaf here. Like this is true. You've already gotten rid of some pounds up here. Yeah. I mean, you're just going for it. So you never know what's going to (laughs) happen. This is true. You never know. I'm, I'm excited to take the bar class. I'm excited to do more in the gym. Like now that I'm like really into cardio, I would like to tone some, some things some up. Some weights, you know, slam some weights. I'd like to. Nice. I, I I thought about doing uh, CrossFit just because I know that there's a cool circuit that goes with that. But I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm there yet. It's just the thought is there. But I don't know that I'm quite there yet. But it's there. I mean, yeah. I've thought about running, but <laughs> well, don't follow my lead because I'm still sitting here doing 16 ounce curls. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's talk about anxiety a little bit. You want? Is it all right? Can we Always. talk about that a little I bit? I don't have... I think with you, there there's nothing that's off the table. Well, we've talked about a lot of things, and I know that you and I 
off the air have talked about pretty much everything you can imagine yeah and then some but for people i mean we're sharing this with people at least a couple i'm all in and to share i think it can be very helpful for people to hear we may need another white hold on i'm this. empty so just, <laughs> just entertain the math i will entertain the math i love it you just what's funny is i listened to a part of the podcast your buddy does with jim and i or did with jim and i and he was talking about yes please that you just get up and grab a, another drink while uh, your guest just sits here but shoot i sit with you every day so <laughs> No different, except I'm sitting comfortably and I have white claw. We're having and a cold one. In the morning, I'm standing with coffee. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is, is they were kind of like poking fun at me and like, I don't edit this thing. I appreciate the comfortability I factor. I don't edit it at all. Like I, I start it and stop it and I put some music at the beginning and the end and that's it. Oh, dang. Like this is what it sorry, is. Sorry, not sorry. So whatever happens, happens. And if I need to get up and go to the fridge, that's what I'm going to do. And if I need to go, very out, far. if I need to go outside and pee on a bush, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Matter of fact, someone that was here the other night said, "Can I go outside and water the tree before we get started?" I said, "Well, you could." I'm not going to water any of your trees. You can if you want to, <laughs> or you can go inside. And he went inside. Then as soon as we got done, he's like, "I got to go find a tree. I don't want to wake your kids up." Oh my I'm gosh! I'm not going to say who it was. I'm sure he probably wouldn't care. But anyway, yeah, I, I just go with it, and I figured. Well, and you know, you kind of know how this started anyway with our Facebook Live or the Facebook Live videos I used to do in here on our morning show Facebook page, facebook.com slash Q Crew, cheap plug. But <laughs> we were like, man, you got to expand on this a bit. And I thought, well, why not? We'll just go for it and see what happens. But No, it's cool. I think it's really awesome. So anyway, the anxiety, anxiety stuff. Anxiety, okay. That I didn't even really... I, didn't, I don't think I even really understood the... Like, I, I probably still don't understand even what like anxiety actually is or how it comes about. Cause it's different for everyone. But I know that there's been a couple of times where we've been in Memphis. I think you and I talked about this. There was one day where we were, it was like we were going to an evening thing or something. And we were, I remember we we're walking down the hall and I'm like, man, I just feel like, like I just feel wound so tight and like, I feel nervous for no reason. And you're like, it's That's anxiety. And I'm uh-huh. like, I never even thought about it. And I've listened to quite a few podcasts since then and listened to people talking about things like, okay, you, yes, okay. But I think mine has just been mild, you know, at most. And I'm pretty good about talking to myself. But you've, you know, you've dealt with some things. Yeah. You deal with anxiety. Talk about Every that. Every day of bit. my life, I have anxiety. I, w- I will say that doing more for myself helps. So, the running, the Zumba since my surgery, I would say I do have less anxiety now because I'm dealing with it differently. I have found an outlet and that is taking time for myself, which I feel like everyone has the ability to be selfish and we just aren't. A lot of my time is spent doing for everyone else, whether it's work related or home life or whatever the case may be. I'm a doer for others, not for myself. And I ended up in a spot where I was dealing with anxiety all of the time and stress and just in a spot where things just weren't good. But the minute I started doing more for me and making time for myself, uh, whether it's getting a massage or a pedicure, going to Zumba, like those are things that are my outlets now and they help me. 
but I have been dealing with anxiety since I was young. I would probably say as long as I can remember and big time when my parents divorced. My parents divorced when I was 11 and I was an only child growing up. I have a, a brother that lives in Georgia that my dad had from a previous marriage that he didn't know about until his son was 18 years old. And I have a adopted 11 year old brother that my mom and my stepdad raise. But growing up, it was just me. And when they divorced, it sucked. Like it was brutal. It was really bad. It was not a good divorce between the two of them. Thankfully, they're on great terms now. Uh, but it stuck me in a really weird spot where I started experiencing panic attacks in junior high. Like didn't and no one knew what was going on. It was like I would start having weird heart palpitations and I would get hot and and it, for no reason. Like I could be sitting at lunch and all of a sudden it would be like you just feel this like tenseness on the inside and almost to where you can't breathe and you just want to scream. And at the time, it was like, oh, you got to put her on medication. She's having. Uh, not a fan. Nope. I'm just and, go on the record and say I'm not a fan of doping up the kids. And that's what happened. I was put on uh, Paxil, and I'm trying to think what else I was on. And I was on those off and on for years, and we could never quite get anything right. Nothing they did throughout my entire junior high, high school days were beneficial to me. I am not a fan of steroids or any of those things that you're taking for those sorts of things. If it helps you, by all means, you do you, boo. It did not help me, and it was awful. Um, the older I got, the worse anxiety got. Obviously, when you get older, you get a little more mature, and you start learning different ways to cope with things. But I am definitely somebody that is extremely anxiety-ridden. You could take um, what we do, for example. I get anxiety every time I have to go on stage and do something. Like... Same. Like, horrible. I don't know that we have ever talked about I that. I don't think so. No, like, I hate my life. Like, yeah, it's fully weird. hate my life. Whether it's what we do uh, up north or what we do down south. I, like... And it's it's really weird to, like, try to understand because I know I can do my job. I'm good at my job. I don't suck. But... I like get this weird feeling on the inside. I get lightheaded. I get to a point like, I don't know if you knew this or not. When we were up at Seven Feathers and we introed Joan Jett, when we walked off stage, I sat down. Mm -hmm. Literally had to sit down on a boulder and I drank an entire bottle of water because I thought I was going to pass Just out. Just because of all the people? Is that what it I don't is? know. Or, because I know for but me that... But people don't even bother me. That's just it. I don't know what it is. I but don't either. it's like you walk up there and I think a lot of people right now listening to this are like, what are they talking about? There's no way. But yeah, there is. I get so incredibly nervous. And I think part of it is imposter syndrome. I feel like at some point... They're going to figure me out that I'm really not supposed to be doing this. I'm really not that good at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I feel like we're I'm both never, small town kids. Uh, like, I understand. Yeah. Which we'll get to that here in a little bit. But I just feel like I'm not good enough. I've always felt that way. And 100%. so I just work harder and harder and harder. And you and I have That's had, why we're both doers and we do all of the yeah, things all like, of the time. I never feel like it's enough. But we've and we've had an incredible amount of success and we're doing all of these things now. But no matter what, when I walk up there, it's like. And then once I start talking, I feel better. But even then, I feel like I'm in a hurry. Yep. Like, I'm like <laughs> I got to hurry. But really, it's like we could probably slow down and just 
you know, how but it happens so quickly. Yeah, it's so quick. There's things that you have to remember to say. They tell you you must say this, this, and this. You got to say it like this. You got to do it like that. And it's nerve wracking. I don't care if there's a gajillion people. I don't think it has anything to do with the people. I think it's the actual act of doing it. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm the one that's doing this. Are you sure? Why did they ask us to do this? Yeah. We're, oh, it's it's hard. Anytime you do something along those lines, I am on the inside losing my damn mind. I was the kid in school when you'd have to read out loud. I don't know if they made you do this or had you do this when you were in school, but we'd have a, a book, let's say in fifth or sixth grade, and they'd go around the class and so-and-so got the first paragraph and then so-and-so got the next paragraph and then the next paragraph. I would like count ahead paragraphs and like hold the place with my finger and I could just feel myself like starting to sweat. Yeah. My heart was racing. And I'm like, and, and, and it's almost my turn. It's on. And then, and then you start to read and it's like, and I could just feel everyone judging me the whole time, or at least that's what I thought, but really nobody cared. I agree. And I did they drama didn't. in school, which was crazy. Like, but I would freak out every time it was my turn to do something. Or if I had to memorize lines for shows and all of these things that you do, like, I feel like I lived in a constant state of, anxiousness I don't know if that's a word but that's what I was living I was very anxious all of the time and I feel like now I have found a handful of things that help me not deal with anxiety so much which is what it is but I I think that it's very helpful I think it's very helpful yeah we'll go with that I mean, if I don't say anything, you have to just keep talking to fill the dead air. So I can just sit here and you can decide how much you want to say or not say. But. I mean, I feel like with what people can figure out to do to help them is fantastic. I had a New Year's resolution last year where I wasn't going to use my phone anymore in bed. And I haven't. Like Good I, for you. I don't either. It's It's a fantastic thing to do. Like that screen time. Granted, I'll use it, but I like... Plug like before I like lay down and you know go to sleep like my phone is plugged in like I read and I've gotten really into reading so I think that's something that helps I also I think uh and for those that aren't unaware like I think CBD is a fantastic thing like and I will give it all of the props it's totally different than THC or marijuana or whatever you want to whatever route you want to take with all the different options I think CBD in any form that it comes in is extremely helpful if you are open-minded enough to try. I will tell you that there's someone who is fairly close to me, maybe very close, and I was talking to him fairly recently, and he is anti almost everything. So is my husband. And he was talking about... (laughs) Not to throw him under the bus, but he's very anti that stuff. But he has an, an issue with a part of his body, and... He ended up with some CBD cream and maybe it was oil, some CBD products, we'll Mm -hmm. say, because I'm not exactly sure and I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he tried it and said it worked wonders. And it's so weird. I've talked to a totally different. I've talked to a lot of people about this in person and we're kind of putting ourselves out there because of our real job, but also it's legal now. CBD is legal and frankly, marijuana is legal. Mm hmm. Now, do I want my kids doing it? No. But I think for certain no. people in certain situations, it can absolutely help. And I've always looked at it this way. If there's something that can help you and you're not hurting someone else, 
who am I to tell someone what they should or shouldn't do? And it's not a mind altering substance like CBD itself. Right. It is. It's not something that's going to make you high or change anything like at least for me it doesn't i mean there's cbd that you can get that has thc in it and then then that's a whole different ball game but they're like if you are just going the cbd route i have found that it is helpful and And there's people that swear by the cbd and there's people that swear by the other stuff too and they say that it works for them and i mean i don't want to say too much exactly i just i don't know i just we're just in a different place now in some ways it's good in some ways it's not good and i'm just talking on the grand scale and like the grand scheme yeah, of things yes. but i've just always looked at it that way who am i to tell someone else what they should or shouldn't do and my mom and i actually had a conversation about some of the things that i talked about on michael's podcast because i talked about how i felt like i was going to get in trouble like, oh, yeah, 100%. I still feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Now, part of that's because I had strict parents and they cared about me mm-hmm. 100%, which yep. I appreciate. However, at some point you decide this is my life and I'm going to lead it how I see fit. And if that means using CBD or using something else or drinking a cold beer, that's really up to the person to decide if they want to do that or not. And it's just... It's not really for anyone else to say. And obviously we have spouses and other things to take into consideration, but there's a lot of stuff out there that can help people. And if it helps, yeah, I see people hopped up on prescription pills every single freaking day. And that's totally different. And then they end up on heroin or meth or whatever, but big pharma, Mm -hmm. they don't want to talk about it because they're pumping the pills down everybody's throats. That's the conversation we have all the time. You and I always talk about this. I was driving back from a client's uh, office this afternoon here in Grants Pass. Beautiful office, successful company, great people. I drive around the corner. There's a dilapidated RV. There's a car with a tarp over the window, a trailer with stuff piled in it, and then there's another vehicle that pulls up that's barely operating with the canopy and you can tell they're just camped out there. And it just, it, it's so sad to me that big pharma has shoved these pills down people's throats. And now we have people on the streets because they end up on some other drug. Right. And it just, it just, it's so sad. It is because extremely a, a sad. lot of people get hooked on them and I can't say that I wouldn't. I mean, I had a situation where I was taking Vicodin after I did my bone marrow donation and moved on to the second bottle. And I don't know that this is something I've talked about before. And I didn't even realize what was happening, but I was taking them just to take them. And it scared the shit out of me. And when I figured it out, I was halfway through the second bottle and I stopped and I got rid of them and I was awake all night, all night because I couldn't sleep without them. And if it wasn't for something else that we may or may not have just talked about, <laughs> I may still be taking pills and I may be in a dilapidated RV somewhere. That's how easy it can happen. Oh gosh, it's so but easy. But people don't want to talk about it. No, and I will say um, three months into my job here in the lovely Southern Oregon, I got in a go-kart accident and screwed up my neck horribly. Like, I can't even tell you all of the crap that happened, but I had torn ligaments in my neck that go up towards to your brain. Like, whatever happened in the, my neck. 
and ended up taking all of the prescription medication that was prescribed and being on uh, various steroids. Like I can understand why people end up in a spot that takes them on a downward spiral because I was there. It is a very dark and gloomy spot to be in, not because that's the spot you want to be in. It's the spot big pharma puts you in. And I very easily could have gone a completely different direction. I, it was, it was such a dark place um, that I didn't think I was going to live through it. And I didn't want to live through it. That's a hundred percent truth. Mm-hmm. Like, like that makes, that makes me want to cry right now because I, I remember that. And I remember the only, the the person that I ended up like confiding in was probably who I shouldn't have confided in because it created a really sucky situation, but it, I had no interest in living at all. And you were working kind of from home at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really didn't understand what was going on. No one and, did. And part of that might be my fault because, but I'm trying to hold up like, and I think back to that time. And I remember thinking after, cause we did I, the morning show. I, from, from your my, couch. I was on my couch. You were at the station. We did that for like a month. And I was trying to handle my other job on the other side of the building. That is very demanding and can be very stressful. And trying to figure out how to do the morning show with someone at their house that you can't see which actually was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us as far as learning to communicate (laughs) when we weren't looking at each other yeah it's crazy and that was awesome that would be the perk in that sense right but i didn't realize what was going on no one did to that extent until after and i thought man i didn't even do anything i didn't but i didn't know i didn't like I was just racing. The crazy you know part it about it is nobody knew. I, I had one person that I confided in because I didn't know how to talk about it. I hadn't been here that long, you know, and I we were I'm, just getting rolling. Yeah. And I'm someone that is um, I'm super friendly and I love friends. I love acquaintances. I love the people I get to meet. But on the surface, like for me to I, I would rather learn more about everybody else and keep all my shit to myself. Mm-hmm. And to be in a spot that I was in, I was not proud of it. And I, I honestly, I was done. I had checked out and I, I feel like my work reflected that. I feel like I reflected that in a lot of different ways without actually revealing that to people. But I had checked out. I was done. Like I, I was ready to not be on this earth anymore and that is something that will probably make my parents lose their shit over hearing because I mean, I'm assuming they'll listen to this at some point, but I, uh, I remember talking to a friend and I was like, I'm done. Like, this is it. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to live this way. Like my hair was falling out mm-hmm. like yeah, in clumps, that. like falling out in clumps and, uh, due I, to the pills due to the pills. I was in the ER all the time. Like, the amount of times I had to go to the emergency room because I ended up with vertigo. That is a horrible thing. Like I couldn't function. It was like, you take these pills to help this situation. And then you take these pills to help this situation. But then you got to take these pills to counteract the, mm-hmm. all of the other shit that it's making you feel like. And it was the darkest place I have ever been in my entire life. And 
how I even got out of that mess is beyond me. And I think it, my relationship with you, my relationship with the other coworkers in the building at the time, I think that I just ended up in a spot where, um, well, things became legal <laughs> at a, in a point. Well, and I remember and you I, talking about what you were taking. And I think at that point I said something about, cause I've been on this anti it's awful pill kick for a while. I mean, ever since my situation that was in like 2002. Yeah, it's it's know, a horrible it thing. It scared me. And so I, I think I remember saying like, Ugh, those pills. And you're like, I just don't know what to do. Like, and I remember you saying, I got to take this one to do this and this one to do this and this one to do this. And then didn't you go to acupuncture? Acupuncture and that's saved my for, life. What did it for you? Acupuncture saved my life. I started going to a gal in Ashland and I had gone to her for weeks and weeks and weeks. And she finally was like, I need to know what pills you're taking. Like, like we should be in a different spot make, now. You make a list of yes. all the pills you were taking. Every, I brought them all to her yeah. and we sat there and she looked at everything. She Googled everything and she's like, I'm weaning you off of these. Like we're not, you're not doing this anymore. And she weaned me off of every single medication I was taking. And I still continued to go to acupuncture and we had done some other meditation sort of things to help get through this process. Cause it wasn't easy. I mean, weaning yourself off of detoxing. Basically. It's awful. I mean, I was throwing up. I was sick. I felt like crap. I had headaches all the time. I mean, it was brutal. And then when I got rid of all of the medication and I had learned about CBD oils and things and tinctures and all this different stuff that it does, I ended up in a different spot. I was in a different mindset and I, I fully credit that woman in acupuncture for saving my life because I was done. Well, when you talk about acupuncture, it's like holistic medicine and then CBD, which is something that comes from the earth. And that is what saved you. The combination of all of those things. It's so simple. When you think about it, we're talking about something that came from the earth mm -hmm. and then what Chinese medicine. Yeah. And that's what saved you, not Big Pharma. No, and, and I don't want to just continue to rail against Big Pharma. But the point is that it's bad it's stuff. It's so bad. And I and I'm a, I'm a Christian woman. I believe in God. I'm, I I. But I in that moment, I had lost my entire faith. Like I was not in a good spot. It was really really awful to to be in my mindset at that point in time. I. I you know, when you have low self-esteem already as it is, and then you're in the spot where you're taking all this medication, you are essentially a shell. You're just numb. You're, you're totally numb. And you are, you become someone that you're, that you don't even recognize. And I remember when I, I had re-hurt myself months ago before my surgery long earlier this year. And I remember going back to the doctor, a different doctor, and they wrote me a prescription for the same exact medication that I had taken of years prior. Did. And I went, I'm not doing that. And she's like, oh, no, you, you, you need to do that. No, I don't. I'm not going to do that. Good for you. I'm not taking that medicine. And she's like, well, what if we do a, a smaller dosage? No, not doing it. Not doing it. And I finally said with my middle finger, I'm out. And I found another person to go to acupuncture to because my gal wasn't in Ashland anymore. She'd moved. And I found somebody locally that I, I went to and ended up in a spot where between going to acupuncture and doing things on my own front time got me back to normal. I, I think I'll deal with neck issues the rest of my life. But 
to go a different route than what big pharma wants you to do, do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I understand that people need medicines for whatever they need medicine for. And I get that. It and there's works a time for some. and place for things. hundred percent. But I, that ain't for me. Like I am, I do not take anything prescribed to me. I am, I am vitamins. Give me all the vitamins in the world and let me do my thing and knock on wood. I feel pretty great. The fact that I can go running, I can go to Zumba, I can stretch, I can do all these things. And my neck is, you, you know, to turn your whole body at one point, just to look to the left, you'd have to turn all the way I did, uh, and then turn back. But you know, when you talk about not even wanting to be here, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, but it's got the wheels turning in my head when I was at the hospital on Saturday night. My grandpa was in here on Wednesday, I think, to record, and then he ended up with pneumonia in the hospital. Did I tell you the story about the kid? Yes. Yes. I just I can't stop thinking about it. I was talking to Ashley about this kid that came in, 13 years old, and he just looked lost. He didn't have his shoes on. He was in his pajamas, and he's just like, staring and they asked him you know do you need to talk to someone and he just kind of nodded his head didn't really say anything his dad eventually ends up showing up and and he just he's like forcing him to tell him why you're here tell him why you're here tell him why you're here and and the kid wasn't saying anything and it was just this weird situation you know and finally he says he's here because he wants to kill himself and i just i can't i can't like put that away and it's I just wonder, I'm like, is that kid on, is he being pumped some of the same stuff, you know, cause there's a lot of different stuff that gets prescribed out there and we have like record suicide numbers and you aren't supposed to talk about it. The news channels don't talk about the suicides because it's taboo or there's this unwritten rule where they I'm don't so talk over about things it. things being taboo. Like our kids are dying and why is it? Mm-hmm. Because of anxiety and stress and oh, by the way, nobody wants to talk about I can understand those things. Pills, you it's, know? That's what it boils down to. You need to look at what it is you are pumping into your system. Mm-hmm. Your bodies are not meant to pump all of those things. You could be prescribed two different drugs. Those drugs do not interact with one another. Like with what they are trying to do to your body, they're not meant to work hand in hand. That's not how it works. If they were, you wouldn't have the crisis that we live in now. Yeah. And you end up in one spot where that pill no longer works. So then you got to try this one or you got to up your dosage. And well, you got to have a stronger pill and you got to have this and you got to have that. But then now you're taking all these things. It's no wonder we're in the world we're in now with walking dead all around us. Like it's horrible. It's sad. It's awful. And to be in a spot only because I was there personally I know that wasn't me. Like mm-hmm. I'm fully aware. I had a moment. I had a situation with a, with a former friend that I remember sitting, I was in a bath my bathtub pulling my hair out. Like every finger on my hands had strands of hair in all of it. Like all of it. And I just was sitting there like, what's the point? What's the point? Mm-hmm. I'm done. And I was, I was ready to take every pill I had sitting there just to not be feeling how I felt anymore. And I can look back at that now and be like, that was not me. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Like I, 
since I've had my surgery and I'm in this different spot, my mentality is a hundred. It's like a 180. I'm in a whole different place. I feel happier. I'm more aware of my surroundings. I listen better to other people when they talk to me. I would take the time to understand what's going on. And to look back at that, it's almost like I'm telling a story of someone else Mm -hmm. that that wasn't me Mm -hmm. because I don't feel any of that. Like no part of me is like that. And I would love to make sure no one else feels that either because it really sucks. That was a horrible time. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I know that I stared at that 13 year old kid for a long time wondering if I could just go sit by him. And I thought, is it okay? Can I go sit by him? Because his dad sat across the room and that was probably the hardest thing for me. That the dad was sitting across the room and I thought, what the fuck is going on here with this kid? Like he's 13 years old and his dad is sitting across the room fiddling around on his phone and his son's covered in a blanket and they put socks on him because he didn't have shoes on. Like, What is going on? What are we doing? You know, and the whole time I'm thinking, I probably shouldn't go over there. I probably shouldn't go over there. And I didn't go over there. And now I think, what if I would have gone over there? Like, well, you can't put that on. I know, but yourself, what I'm saying is, should we go over there? Like, nobody talks about this stuff. Like, I don't know what he's got going on. No, we're, but I feel like I could walk over there and say, you know what? What do you do? You need, you know, like I don't know what. I don't know what I would say, but I feel like there's something. You know, we all have hard times. We all have ups and downs and God, that kid doesn't have a freaking chance when his dad is telling him, you know, telling him nothing. Yeah. Being an asshole and then sitting across the room like he should have grabbed him. You know, he should have hugged him. Yeah. The world needs way more hugs. Yeah, for sure. Completely. It's a really crazy world we live in. And when you talk about a situation like that, I, I met a person more recently that told me I saved their life. And uh, it's, um, we talked earlier when I got here about what we do for a living. And if I was given the option to do just the on-air portion or the programming portion, what I would choose and why, and hands down, like there's no question, I would choose the on-air component. I think what we do together is amazing and I know that we're making an impact, both of us together. And to have had the conversation that I had with this person, that wouldn't have happened had we not been doing the job that we have. And to be in a spot where somebody tells you that, like... Well, and more specifically, (laughs) that happened because of the conversation that we had on the air about your breast reduction. Yep. And that was not planned. Nope. It just happened. And it ended up being a great thing for you and obviously for her and hundreds of people that reached out and said something because someone said something. And you and I have talked about this before. You can say the, yeah, we can say a lot to people. We say a lot all the time, but you can do the smallest thing that can have the greatest impact on someone and oftentimes it doesn't take money and it Kindness doesn't take that much hard work. Yeah, there it is. My shirt says be kind to another. 
to one another. Do you want me to read it to you? No, I know what it says. Be kind to one another. Let me be the old radio guy. (laughs) Be kind to one another. Ellen Ellen DeGeneres show. It's my, my surgery. Yes. Changed my life. What I would give more credit to is talking about my surgery because Mm -hmm. I didn't. No one knew I did it. And there's people who said to me, I didn't even realize that that was that big of an issue. Were they really that big? Yeah, I hid the shit out of them. Exactly. Sorry, not sorry, or you're welcome. I don't know. I went out of my way to buy like minimizing bras and wear clothes that weren't revealing. I wasn't somebody that showed like cleavage in, in anything that I wore. It just wasn't my thing at all. And to be in a spot where now... what. It, Oh, the the Kleenex. I know we both like keep getting teared up over here. It just, it was such a strange situation because I felt like I was going to be judged or ridiculed or I just, I didn't want the conversation. I had no interest in it. It's easier to avoid it and just not talk about it, but then you bury it and then it actually makes it worse. Right. If you don't talk about it, it makes it worse. Cause like we talked about, you talk about it and it just lifts all this weight right off your shoulders and. That's why this in here has been so much fun for me because I've got to learn some crazy things and people leave here and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And it's all good. Talking all good. about it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. Because I just didn't. I didn't talk about it. I thought it was wrong. And I'm learning so much about other people. Um, I've had an opportunity recently to to learn about some some women in my Zumba class one of which I learned this morning lost 140 pounds in a year like the girl's on fire I've been Zumbaing with her for a couple of months had no idea you know who she was she had no idea that I was the girl that she listens to in the morning like they're just to to find out about other people and their situations and the things that are going on you should be able to talk about these things yeah and I have to worry about anything else but we're so worried about what other people are going to think but that's the world we live in now is that we just don't get in touch with our emotions. We don't talk about things with other people. We're keyboard warriors and we're, you know, behind the screen all of the time. And so to actually have an in-person conversation and get your feelings out, no matter what it's regarding, it's a huge weight lifted off your shoulders. Huge. Whew. Man, what is. <laughs> Welcome to Garage Talk. What the hell? Do you know what you're getting into? No. I mean, I thought I did. I've listened to some of your podcasts and I just. It's been crazy. I'm not, I mean, I, this is new. This is all new and I'm learning, but my favorite part is just talking to people and learning great stories and inspiring people. And there's God, there's a lot of great people out there and there's a lot of great things we can do and putting our heads together and. Yeah. It's like, man, why why don't we do this more? Why don't we Why don't back, people talk hey, more? <laughs> back in the old days, you know, we'd go over to the neighbor's house and we'd sit on the porch and crack open a cold one and That's what Gragra's relatives do. You know, shoot the ship for a couple of hours, uh-huh. but now we're in such a damn hurry. We're always in a and hurry. Part of that's our own fault cuz you and I are so busy cuz we want to do all the things, but also when you just have those times where you can just sit there and enjoy it and not be in a hurry to get to the next spot. Because the spot is where you are, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't picked up my phone once since we we started this. No, neither have I. And I I don't know how long we've been doing this, but I haven't, and I like that. I appreciate that. I think that that's 
awesome and crazy because I spend so much time talking to you as it is. I mean, we're really just getting started. <laughs> We've touched on a few things here, but there's so much more we could talk about. Absolutely. And the thing is, this one's been different from almost every other episode so far because usually we'll do a little something at the beginning and then we'll go all the way to the beginning of someone's story and walk all the way to the end. But, and I was going to do that after we got started and then I'm like, no, I'm just going to go with it. We'll and see what happens. But I do want to go back yeah, some let's because go, let's I think wherever. it's, I think it's important to share with people how you got to where you are. I've talked about how I got to where I sure. am um, numerous times, whether it's here on Michael's podcast, which the guys managed to get a plug out of me in almost every episode of my podcast somehow. Michael that's Campbell. Not on purpose. It's I'll beyond the band. Plug. Yeah. It's great dude. But, um, he is a good dude. Which he wants to have you over too, because his is all what? about music. And he's Stop. like, when are you going to get Ashley on? I need a female. I said, don't even think for one second <laughs> that she's coming to your house before she comes to my house. Because we will cover what we need to cover and then you can have her and then you can take it from there. Because his is going to be different than what this is. You cool. know, he's going to talk more about music. I'm sure he'll talk about some of the other stuff too, but. Uh, yeah, he's got a cool thing going and he's had, man, he's had some good episodes. That I've listened, fun. I've listened to every single one of them and he's talking to musicians, DJs. Oh yeah, with Gemini, Jeff Kletzel. Kletzel, yeah, Gemini. He did. I've listened to half of Gemini's. I haven't finished it yet, but I've listened to, I took a bubble bath and listened to him. I, I have like a gigantic crush on Jeff Kletzel. Like even my husband knows, like he hired him to come sing at my birthday randomly and he sang at our wedding. Like I just, I think that that man is one of the most talented musicians around. I think Michael Campbell is a very talented musician as well. But when the, yeah. I saw that he did a podcast with Jeff, I was like, <gasps> hold up. Let me get a tub going. I'm gonna, let me get some let wine me, in my bathtub. <laughs> let me pour some wine in the bath and I'll Luke be back like, in two hours. Like, Does not concern Shh, you. Stop talking. You're ruining the episode. Close but he knows eyes. like it's, it's, I mean, it's a harmless little crush so, so aberdeen washington yes, twenty five thousand. you grow up there your parents get divorced you deal with anxiety you're going through school and how do you get to radio well to rewind a little bit uh when i was younger my friend her name's cassie she's my friend in portland uh that i'm supposed to be running all the five k's with um we used to record radio shows on cassette tape all the time like we would sing the songs we would be the DJs. We would be the commercials. We would record songs on our little boom boxes that were playing on the radio. I used to uh, call in to Leonite all of the time. And I remember when she would air my phone calls back and I would record them on my cassette tape to put them into my radio show. I had a talk boy, the pink version oh, yeah. like from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And... You could change your voice. You could do all these things. I walked her. I had. I used that thing until it broke. I constantly recorded my own shows on cassette, and I would listen to them back. And what's funny is when she she threw me a, a bachelorette party, and when I got to her house that night, like after the like the party of what we were doing, we went to Darcells and did some things and had some fun. And she's like, "You want your gift?" And I was like, "Oh, cool, a gift." And she had a cassette tape from when we were probably eight, nine, somewhere in there and played it. And her wife was sitting there on the couch and she's like, this is who I married. Like, are you kidding me right now? And we're sitting there like, oh my gosh, like, listen to this. This is crazy. And 
I just, I was fascinated by radio. I was fascinated by the DJs. I grew up listening to a station in my hometown. I was a prize ho- pig. pig wow. Two white claws and she almost said I almost dro- dro- something else. So I was the one that won all the prizes. Prize pig. You can say prize pri- pig. I that's fine. prize pig. You could have said the other thing too, but. Dang it. I was a prize pig. But I always won all these contests. Like I just, for years and years and years. And one day I worked for a, a medical supply company they were talking about uh, like I'd won this office Olympics thing and I just I competed I was somebody that competed it wasn't like I was caller five every time like I competed to win the prizes like didn't you do some foot thing yeah we did the soul to soul with the same girl I recorded the radio shows with we show up at this park the hottest day Aberdeen's ever had and we did the soul to soul deal where we had to lay in the grass with our feet touching the soles of our shoes for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And we finally won tickets to Tim and Faith years ago. It's great. It was awesome. Same radio station. Fast forward. I ended up competing in this office Olympics thing and they were like, you should come in and co-host tomorrow and talk about your experience. Cool. I get to go to the station. I've been doing mixtapes and <laughs> speak and spell or talk. What was the thing speak called? The talk boy. I saw a speak and spell the other the day, by the way. Spell. Yeah. Oh, dang. It said something like 80s or whatever? gifts. It was for yeah. Christmas on an end cap at a store. Sweet. Anyway, carry on. So, so yeah, I go pumped. in. Yeah, I went in. I did the morning show with the, the loose man. I'll throw him a little love. He's still there. He's he going still- to listen to this podcast somehow. <laughs> I know the loose man's going to end up oh, listening yeah. to this. and. Loose man shout out. Absolutely. I have nothing but love for everyone at Grace Harbor Radio. Shoot, um, so do I. And I never even worked there. I only met them one weekend in Nashville. And yeah, PA awesome. and Phil. They're yeah. amazing people. Uh, well, they gave the me boss? my start. She was there too. Yeah, Donna. Absolutely yep. awesome as well. And to go in and I did this morning show. It was great. Fast forward a couple weeks. It was my birthday. They're announcing my birthday on the air. Their intern was leaving and Loose Man's like, Ashley's birthday you know that woman she should stop winning our prizes we should just give her a job she should come intern here I hear it and I'm like dialing on the phone uh are you serious and he's like what are you talking about I was like you just talked about how I should have a job like you you offered me a job on the on the radio I'm on my way he's like "I, I don't know that I did that but sure come on in we're looking for an intern I was in college at the time I also worked at a medical supply place I worked at a law firm like I did all of the things trying to make ends meet and I went in, interviewed, got a key, ended up in a spot where I got thrown in to uh, help co-host the morning show. I did that for a couple of years, moved into a spot where I became the music director, got put into middays. And did then you going to school at that time or I was still going to school. So you're doing double duty. Yeah. I interned. I worked at a law office and they, so the, ironically, here's a fun story. They offered me full-time job because I was part-time at the radio station as an intern they said we want to offer you a full-time job we want to give you music director and afternoons what you want me to schedule the music oh my gosh like it was just like dream come true I go to work at the law firm same day we want to put you to school to become a paralegal oh well that pays way more money than radio pays cool but that's not where my heart's at And I remember going home and telling my boyfriend at the time, like, what was going on? He's like, you're taking the law firm job, aren't you? I'm getting into radio. Yeah, no, (laughs) I'm not. I'm going to take the job at the the radio. And that was the beginning of the end of my eight-year relationship with a 
It, he didn't like that, huh? No, he didn't. He was uh, also a DJ. But I will say, I have no, I have, I have nothing negative to say about him because I feel like that relationship um, helped mold me to where I am now. Maybe for better or for worse. But I have nothing but love for him and his family, and they are all good people. And to be in a spot where the path I was set on, I, I'm obviously where I'm supposed to be. So mm-hmm. I, I have no no regrets at all. But when I said yes to the radio station job, I was there for eight years. Eight years at Grace Harbor Radio. No kidding. And, I didn't uh, realize it was From start that to long. finish, yeah. Um, yeah. And you were going to school for criminology, right? I went to school for criminal justice. Or criminal justice. My parents were right. so proud. <laughs> Look at our daughter. Oh, the radio girl. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all that money. Yay. It's all great. Uh, I actually dropped out of college. I did not complete college because it got too much. High five. Air high five across (laughs) the garage because we both dropped out of college. Kids, do whatever you think you need to do. I'm not encouraging you to drop out or to not go to college. I'm just saying it's not for all of us. I dropped out because of the job that I was offered. That was my little girl dream. It was also my little girl dream. (laughs) I never, ever thought I would be in a spot where I had my own legit radio show and I programmed the music for the station. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that that was going to be possible. Yeah. And so to be in a spot where that was what I got to do, it was amazing. But it got to a point where I I don't want to say like I wore out my welcome, but I needed more. I wanted more for myself. I love Grace Harbor. I love the people that I I still maintain friendships with. Some of my best friends are are still in Grace Harbor. And when the opportunity arose to become a program director and a morning show co-host, I was like, oh, hell, back to mornings? Like, that sucks. Like, that's an early time to get up. But wow, cool. And then when I like... (laughs) Somebody comes sliding up into your DMs. They did slide up in my DMs. That's exactly how I got here. And I just ended up in this spot where I was like, all right, cool, Medford. Let's check that out. Let's see what that's like. And the past five years have been some of the best and some of the worst all at the same time, like different situations. But I um, I am so proud of us like I can't say I'm proud of myself I can say I'm proud of us because we are both people living our dreams and it's funny because I've uh I've been in some weird conversations more recently where just trying to figure things out with what I'm doing and I uh I don't think my my time here is done I love the area. I, I feel it's almost like I feel like we're just getting started mm-hmm. again. Even though it's been five years already. Five, five years, like literally five years. And I can I, like I see a lot of other people that work in radio and what they do and how they do it. And I just feel like we do things differently. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that you are somebody that I could probably call you at any time of the day for any reason at all. And it's like you've become this like brother that I chose. You're like a family member, somebody that it's just it's different. You know, like I I don't have a lot of friends of the opposite sex that I put in that same category where it's totally normal and fine to go and do all of the things that we do to go to Nashville and share an Airbnb in one (laughs) bathroom and figure out who has to shit when. I brought the poopery. 
<laughs> exactly. And, and, our, and our spouses are fine with it. Yeah. I know a lot of spouses that would not be fine with that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's such a different relationship. And I, I don't think I could ever find that same chemistry with somebody else. It, it, maybe I could. I don't want to. Like, yeah. I don't want to try to start over. Yeah, and I've told you this, and I've told other people at our office that if she goes, I'm I'm good. I'm done. I can do. I mean, I have a whole other job. Like, I don't have to do the morning show. I love doing the morning show. I don't want to give that up anytime soon, ever, really. But I just don't. I that You can't find that. I was lucky twice. I got lucky twice. Well, I got lucky five times because I have number five on the way. So clearly I got lucky in numerous (laughs) ways, but I had to throw that in there. But you know what I'm saying? It's just not. And there's people who want to be in big towns. You and I have talked about this when we've been on the road before and it's just different and it's, it's unique. It's special. And we're, I don't know how we got here and I don't really care (laughs) how, I mean, there's so many different things that it took for us to get where we are. And there's so many people who aspire to be in big towns or to be in a large market, say they're in a large market. I don't give two shits. And I've told you this before. If we can make a decent living here, I can raise my kids here and we can have fun. I don't need to go anywhere. I'm not saying we won't go anywhere, but we don't need to. Yeah. Like we have the best listeners. We have the some great people around us. And we've done things that, I mean, think about it. You talked about being at the lowest of low times where you didn't want to be here. And physically here, (laughs) we have been nominated for three straight Academy of country music awards, which I still don't quite understand. And it, I throw parties for the award shows. Like to be a part of that. One would have been off the charts just to get nominated for one. And I, I mean, I'm so thankful and it's, it's surreal. Like it doesn't, like none of that seems real. Like you can say, Oh, we've been nominated three times. Like we, yeah, us, we did that. Hey, we have a, we have a, we're like the Buffalo bills of the Academy (laughs) of country music awards. We are three time losers back to back to back losers. No, I think we're, we're winning because we're relevant. We've stayed relevant in the minds of whoever is figuring out these nominations for three years in a row. They, these people know, who we are and what we're doing and where we're doing it. And you know what's even better than being nominated for those awards? The people in our community who appreciate what we do, who tell us that we bring a smile to their face. And like you talked about, there's been some hard times and there's even been some haterade. Like, oh yeah, if you there's some people chugging you don't have them. haters, you aren't doing there, it yeah, right. There's some there's some haters out there and they're they're pretty they're I'm not going to go too far down that road, but I don't think, I don't think that's what my grandpa said the other day. He's like, I could name names, but I'm not going to, because there's no point to naming the names. They just feel your fire. There's been some challenge, but trust me, they've done nothing but motivate me to do it even more and to work even harder and, and to continue to smile and give hugs not the weird ones, but you know what I mean? It's like, I do. People don't, (laughs) people I don't know. There's a lot of different walks of life out there. And I mean, it is what you make it. Like I sleep very well. Like when I put my head on the pillow, I snore the whole deal. Cause I, 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 I sleep cause <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I feel good about 
what's going on? You know, I do. Yeah. I do. I think there's a lot of positive things out there and there's a lot of great people out there. And I mean, shoot, it's uh, it's pretty awesome, really. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting in my garage at just after eight. Oh, and, gosh. Oh, you're going to be fine. I'm my bed not, bedtime I'm is missing not for Ellen. Like two hours. Don't you have it on the DVR? Yeah, I got it on the DVR. I mean, I have rabbit ears. If I missed it, I just miss it. Yeah, but, true. I get to watch it later. Ellen and Survivor. It's like a twofer tonight. Do you try and are you gonna try and watch him tonight? No. Oh, I was gonna uh-uh. say that's... your girl's going to bed when she gets home. Okay. I brought a cliff bar in my purse, so I'm I'm fine for the ride home. Got a little snack. <laughs> Do you need me to send you some snacks? No, I got I brought a snack. A cliff bar. Yeah. Lucas is like, Are you gonna be home for dinner? No. <laughs> no, I'll figure it out. Because I don't like to eat heavy food before I go to bed. Oh, yeah. Like a, or before Zumba. So at this point, you're running on uh, water. and The last thing I ate was a protein bowl from Northwest Pineapple at about 1130 this morning. Ah. And all the water and just the white, white claws. claws. <laughs> True story. Uh, True story. What haven't we touched on? What haven't we touched on? Goodness I don't know. gracious. I feel like I need to water a tree, though. Uh-oh. Pretty soon. Uh-oh. That's probably of no surprise to you, though. No. We both have, have a, pretty small bladders. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But I I've had you. it all my life. It's like my bladder is the same size now as when I came out of the womb. <laughs> I just pee all the time. I know. <laughs> I have a great story from last night, but I can't tell it right now. Uh-oh. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow morning? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. You gotta wait. Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. This shoot is not. Duck. This is not making the airwaves. Uh oh. All right. Well, I don't know what we haven't touched on. Well, we talked about Grace Harbor a little bit, not as much as I thought we would, but that's fine. I mean, we we can talk, talk about, about Grace Harbor. Well, more. I mean, it's mainly just like I like to talk about how, like, where people started and how they got to where they are. And it's a very small town. It was uh, growing up. It was a logging community. But the home of. The home of Nirvana, Kurt yeah, Cobain. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When you drive into Aberdeen, there's a sign that says, come as you are. Some people are okay with it. Some people are not. Also, I believe was home of a Doobie brother and host of other folks. And Ashley. And Ashley. <laughs> um, it's, it's where I was born and raised. And, you know, I'm alma mater, 2002. I was coming up on my 20-year reunion, I believe, very soon. Bobcat, which ironically, our alma mater, our fight song is the same as the Oregon Ducks fight song. So I'm like, yeah, I feel like I got to stand up and clap every time there's a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is totally fine. Um, but as far as the town itself, when it got to a point where I was, I was treading water for years, years going, what is my next move? And because I was from such a small town, I didn't know how to make moves myself. Like, what? where are you supposed to go? What do you do? How does this work? I, I've been in radio. Like, I don't want to go back to the to law office. I don't want to go back to selling medical equipment. Like, I, what do I do? How do I do this? And as fate would have it, to be reached out to through sliding up into my DMs, yeah. it's, it turned my life around. Like, it was so hard to leave. Um, my roots, my friends, my family, all I'd ever known. I will say with that, it would be harder to leave Oregon. I hope so. Like, it, Which is crazy because I lived there my whole life. I've been here for five years. It would be harder for me to leave here. And I uh, I don't want to. So 
That's good. That's um, that's promising. I mean, there's. What are you looking at? What's happening? Just is, keep finish what you're gonna say. Is there something here? No. <laughs> what? Why I was are trying you to remember if I stack stuff in front of that door because I have to pee like oh, crazy. Oh gosh, I have to pee too. That's a troublesome thing. Well, here's the only thing we could do. We could, because we have to. Like the end of this is gonna take more than two minutes, so we can pause it. Or actually, let's just let it roll. We can go pee, and we can come back. Will you cut and that then we'll out? Finish it. Yeah, I'll cut the. I normally don't edit. I'll cut the pause out because neither one of us is here to fill time. I mean, I can wait. I can't. I mean, if you want to hold it, that's fine. I can go and come back, or we can both go. You tell me. Oh gosh, I don't care. What? What's? I mean, I kind of. I well, really I, need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. I zumbaed. I danced. I, I mean, I can wait. I can wait. Look at, I just wait all the time. This is what happens in the morning when we have the morning show. Like usually most of the time that we both will go to the restroom at the same time during a song and we get back at the same time. Sometimes we beat one another and then there's a problem if we're not there at the same time. But I've known Jason for long enough now that his bladder is probably smaller than mine. And so he does pee a little more than I do. But I think it's I think it's totally fine. It's weird that I'm now just sitting in his garage without him on a school night, mind you, with a heat lamp next to me. And I'm in a patio chair that rocks with a microphone in front of me, which is very comforting. Usually when we have microphones and we're at work at the station, I'm standing. It's morning. I mean, I'm literally like, wow, it's 817. Okay, so I'm going to see Jason again at 530 tomorrow morning. You know, it, it it's a good thing that we really like each other. Oh, gosh, I'm going to cry. He's not even in the room. <sighs> yep, that's a, that's how it works. So get yourself a friend that you trust fully and somebody that knows your ups and your downs and your goods and your bads and sees you in every way, shape, and form because I currently have Zumba sweat stuck to my hair and again, apologies to whoever is using these headphones in the next podcast, but I got emotional. <laughs> I'm yourself? literally crying. Yeah. By yourself? <laughs> I was talking about you. Hold on. OMG. OMG. No, I, I like, I just, I had a moment where I was like, get yourself a friend that is, <sighs> whoa. I, I don't know that anybody could recreate the bond <sighs> that we share. That's I just probably accurate. I just don't know that it can be articulated well enough that people understand. I mean, we spend a lot of time together. Oh, I've yet to do this What's successfully. Happening? Hold on. What do you? Oh. oh, you know, if it wasn't full, if the can barrel wasn't full, that would have went in. That yeah. would have been the first successful over-the-shoulder toss into the barrel. Carry but it on. wasn't. It wasn't. <sighs> I'm sorry. Carry on. What were you saying? I was getting emotional about by yourself. Well, I was talking about using the restroom and then I just got emotional about who, what, the, what we have like this relationship. It's unlike any other relationship I have with anyone, whether that be my husband or not in a weird BFF. way. No, none of this is weird. It's never. And I think that that's something to give credit to. Like it has never been weird ever. Like, again, we shared an Airbnb. We did 
Facebook lives every night from our couch. Like yeah. you've seen every side of me that is possible to be seen. Like that's it's just, not true. Well, not okay. every side. Again, not, to, not in the weird <laughs> sense. I'm Whew. just clarifying. Oh, I felt like I clarified enough, but oh, apparently well, I, I missed not. part of it. I was not out here. It, it's not, there's never been a line that's been crossed. There's never been an, like I've never felt awkward or weird or different or anything that people can feel with other people. Yeah. And I appreciate that. What's your like top three things that have happened since you came to work here five years ago? When I say here, not in my garage, but at <laughs> by coastal media and work working related. at the queue. Yeah. Your three favorite things. Oh my gosh. Three happened. favorite things. Cause there's been some really cool things. There's been some touch and go moments. Oh my gosh. We I don't thought even get time we to were, think about it. Yeah. You can think about it for a second. I can stall. I mean, I can think about the time where we may have went, back up on stage at Cape Blanco after a couple of beverages and oh, almost gotten a lot of trouble, even though we weren't like beyond where we need. I mean, we, I mean, that situation was a whole nother deal. That, that was, was like, we show that was like for us at that time would have been the, the top highlight of our career that got taken away from us right before it happened to intro Florida, Georgia line with the wagon and all the stuff we did there. And then we ended up, being thrown under a bus by a tour manager mm -hmm. that sent us out on stage after we had a couple of drinks. Yeah. And it almost went really bad, but, but it ended up being the best thing that ever happened. Hands and down we have best thing. a couple of great friends and longtime clients of ours that our relationship went to the next level because of that. We were honest with them. We were a hundred percent and told them exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. Honesty is the best policy. It really is. Like it, it totally is. Oh gosh. Three things that I am most proud of. Is that what you asked sure. me? Favorite, most Favorite, proud most of. Favorite, most proud. Go with the top three. Crap. I don't know if I can name three. Like not just like just three. Like I feel like, okay. So if I were to name three, three things, I'm going to say, um, St. Jude. I, I will encompass St. Jude in one whole little compartment with every radiothon we've done since I've been here, we have raised more money for St. Jude and it's never necessarily been about the total, but about the reach and the partners and hope and the more people that we can get to understand what St. Jude is and does and what you are helping the better. Yeah. Um, I think as every radiothon has been my favorite. It's like every year I'm like, oh, this one's been amazing. And then the next year it's like, oh my gosh, how did we do that? You know, and, and I I think that as a whole, like, I'm just going to say St. Jude is one That's of my That's a good way to put it. I would just put that yes. one because there's a lot of different memories and a lot of great experiences yes. from the Brittany ride to the golf tournament to the Radiothon to trips to Memphis to... Trips to Memphis are in their own little category and I am like stoked over the fact that that is something that has continued year after year like we're about to make my sixth trip to memphis we're bringing someone else with us this year that has never gone to memphis Shh, don't say yeah i'm not i've i have said nothing and i am so mad that i have said nothing like because i just want to shout it because i think it's going to be an incredible trip for everybody that's involved like i and i'm really excited for that to play out 
Yes, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll more on that leave later. Leave it at that. That may have its own. We may have to do another one of these. Oh just gosh, for that. with with the Memphis crew. Manatee, yeah, with the Memphis, Memphis Manatee, Manatee, yeah. Manatee crew. Um, second, I will say. Oh gosh, I will say the first time we got nominated for an ACM. Yes. First time. Yeah. Um, not to take away from the second or third time because it's also insane that that's even happened but from the from a young age my parents threw parties for award shows I started throwing them when I lived in my own place like I know the history behind the ACMs and the CMAs and to be a part of the ACMs year after year since we have started submitting you know our our morning show it's mind-blowing our name is printed in a book as a nominee for small market personality of the year. No one can take that away from us. I don't care if we win or don't win. We're a part of it. We are a nominee. It's just like the artists that are a part of being nominated. It That's an incredible accomplishment and something that I will never take for granted. And if we were are ever nominated ever again, I will lose my shit just as much as I did all of the other times because I can't believe that that's a real thing that happens. Like mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind, blows my mind. Third, can I go back to St. Jude? Can I go back for a minute? You can do whatever you want. Allison. Yeah. I I don't want to put her in the St. Jude category, even though she belongs in it. Um, that re- the relationship that we have created with Allison and her family is something that I will cherish the rest of my life. God, I gotta have them over. You do. Holy you need cow. that family here. Yes. The Johnson family needs not to be here. Thought of that I don't yet. know. Y'all also need the Martins to come over here. Yes. But Allison is a beautiful girl. For those that don't know who she is, she is a young lady that we had an opportunity to meet years ago in Memphis. And we have since met her family. They came to my wedding. I mean, I, I love these people. You know what's crazy about that is that I had, and I don't know. I know we talked about this a little bit on the radiothon, but in a long form, I had two separate people reach out to me. Their kids went to the same preschool with her. I think it was preschool or daycare. Let's say daycare. Cause I'm not, not exactly sure which one it was. I can't remember. They reached out to me within a half hour. They don't really know each other. And they said, Hey, there's this girl at this daycare or was friends with my kid at daycare. And she's going to St. Jude. And they knew about St. Jude because of the Radiothon. And they said, I just want you to know because there's someone from here going to St. Jude. And so I did some creeping like you do. And I sent Kelly, Allison's mom, a Facebook message. I said, I know you don't know who I am, but you're going to the best place on earth. And if you need to know anything else about St. Jude or if there's anything we can do, let me know. Crazy thing is, I was literally sitting on the toilet when I sent her that message. <laughs> I've never told anyone. That. <laughs> sent her the message. She sent me one back, and all of a sudden, it just took Flood. off. And then we we rented we a to, cab and went, went to, to Memphis, bought all the frozen stuff, yeah. went to the Target house, took her all the stuff, and now we've become great friends with them. They've been to the radiothon every year, and she it wouldn't be the same is them. thriving because of St. Jude. And that family, they're awesome. Love them to death. They've she is been a over here before. Miracle. Yeah. And it blows my mind. And to know that we have 
a tiny, tiny little small part. Just a sliver. In in helping kids like Allison yeah. have that moment with their family. Like to keep having moments with their families. Yep. Uh, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the relationships that we have built and continue to build. And the fact that they are still a part of our life yeah. is, is awesome. I mean, every now and then, you know, we'll text back and forth or there'll be a conversation of some kind and updates on what she's doing and how she's doing it. We've had an opportunity to see her on multiple occasions when we've gone to Memphis cause she's been going back for checkups and it's just, it's really amazing. Like all of that. It's just, it's really cool. Um, something else I am proud of. OMG. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that I could throw in here things that I'm not thinking of right this second because I didn't come prepared with this question. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the first country crossings. Yeah. Um, which also makes me want to cry because again, you and I are both small town kids and to have been a part of what we got to take part in, whether it was interviewing all of the different artists, going on stage, meeting the amazing community we have. Didn't you have a heat stroke that I, year? Wasn't that know, the year that you went down? Maybe we, we don't timber? need to talk about the heat stroke. Well, I'm just saying you <laughs> persevered. You came back. I did. I fell down. I was bad. It was horrible. I'm not good at heat. The heat in Southern Oregon sucks. Like, I am not a fan of the heat. And I, I know there's a, there's a whole list of things that I could throw out here, but for whatever reason... That's coming to mind because I can't believe we got to do all those things. I know that when we walked out there the first time and I got like 60 text messages, <laughs> like I've never received text messages like that ever in yeah. my life, except for <gasps> the day after Route 91. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, that, that, was like when people erupted for us, I was like, holy, whoa, this That's is crazy. Lot. And I think, you know, if I was to answer for you, not that you're asking me to, but I would say like three favorite and or best things. I would say the people. Well, right. I didn't know I could do that. Like I, 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 I think of I, this things. is just coming to me. I just go, just go with it for a second. Like I'm just thinking about like everyone who's been a part of anything we've done, like the radiothon or just listeners, or we've had people help us on a lot of side projects that never got any recognition because they helped in ways that they mm -hmm. didn't want recognition. And so I think like that, I would say that might even be that like might you be have number Saint one. Jude and you have. They they go together because it's why we do what we do. Right. We're not just doing this because you and I like to talk to each other all the time. Like it, there, there's there's got to be a what do you reason. Mean? I mean, I love talking to you, <laughs> but there's I know for both of us the the fuel to fuel our fire. There has to be a reason, and the community in the Rogue Valley and and beyond is it's unlike anything I've ever seen. You know and when you talk earlier about these larger markets and things they get to do, because I am the program director, we do have the ability to bend rules a lot. And I'm okay with that. Like I have totally fine bending rules because it's how you get to know your listeners more. 
And I, I like the personal connection. I like that we are the ones that are interacting on our Facebook page. Like if people are talking to us, they're not talking to a rando. Like they're talking yeah. to us. Like it's a lot because I'm constantly, you know, using my phone or I'm trying to make sure we're responding to people. And sometimes things get lost in the shuffle. But the the people are why we do what we do. The conversations that we create, the the amount of relationships that get built. I've met some of the coolest people because of what our job is and people that I would call my, I met my husband because of what we do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's insane to really take a step back and look at it because a lot of the people that I developed friendships with since I moved here, I developed because they listened to the station and we have some remarkable people in this community. And if we had, None of that. If nobody reached out whatsoever, I wouldn't know if what I was doing was good or bad or indifferent. And I wouldn't know if I needed to keep doing it. Yeah. And so it's not like I need a pat on the back, but I appreciate the conversations that come from it. Like when somebody says something about whatever it is that we're talking about, if it sparks interest or relates to someone on a personal level, the authenticity that we show is what I want in return. You know, I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not. And mm -hmm. so when you can develop these real connections with other humans, it's incredible. It makes you feel good. Well, and it's amazing what can be done in the community, whether it's for St. Jude or anything else, when people put their heads together and you know are selfless and all kinds of things can happen. You know, you think about... Some of the people that have helped us, Dave at Southern Oregon Signs has helped us probably oh, as Dave. much, if not more than anyone else out there. Dave's the first and person I met. for nothing, you know, and people like him and there's a host of others and we could go on and on and on talking we really about could. all those people, but they're the ones that make it and it's just, uh, it takes a village. It's a great vibe. I mean, I had someone, re I don't think I told you, remind me tomorrow, I'll read it to you, but I had someone reach out to me, um, I still have to pee. just yesterday. Okay. We'll wrap it up soon. That was talking about like, he's just like, man, I just, um, I just enjoy the positive vibe and like, it just motivates me to do a better job. And that's all I want to do Yeah, is be positive. Like, I know there's a lot of things that we have to touch on that are difficult to talk about and aren't necessarily yay types of things. But at the same time, I don't want to be that like I want to make sure that we're spreading laughter and love and positivity and it's why I was so excited to go see Ellen she is oozing positivity and love for everyone of any shape size whatever it is that you are into she is positive about it it's it's all about being kind to one another not because they're the same political aspirations or religion or whatever it is that you are a part of, you just should be kind to people. And I, I just, I, I think that that creates a, a really great spot to be in with what we do mm -hmm. and to meet people of all walks of life and accept everyone. No questions asked. So if someone's listening and they're at a tough spot in the road or they're thinking about, quitting their job to do something else because they hate their job or they they've oh, always wanted job. they've always wanted to do something else not don't hate your job but you you should do what you love i mean what do you say to someone like that go with your gut your gut is not going to steer you wrong if you're in a like a 
if you're on a job that is not giving you pride, if you're not accomplishing something, like if you just feel stuck, you need to really reevaluate and tell, like get inside yourself and understand what it is that you want to do. If it is a job, I mean, maybe there is an opportunity for you to find something different that you love to do. I would really hate to wake up every day and hate going to work. Mm-hmm. I would hate that. Yeah. That would really suck, especially for what we do. And I know that there's been probably times in the past where we both have like stuff going on in our personal lives that have made it difficult to do what we do. But there's something about being able to turn that off and to use what we do as an outlet. It's been an amazing therapy for me. It's a fantastic way to take yourself out of whatever else is going on that is causing concern or it's bothering you or it's just maybe not the best situation and to immerse yourself in something else. And I am 100% immersed into my job and what we do because I get joy from it. I love I love it. I, I like... And we didn't even get to touch on what we're doing at Seven Feathers and how that all came about. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole different world I know, but, man. I'll be there on Saturday giving away Star Wars things. (laughs) I even bought a shirt with a Darth Vader. That's right. Don't I need to get something for a couple weeks from now, which I haven't done that yet. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy that we ended up doing the morning show. It's crazy that Seven Feathers hired us to be the voices of the casino. And we've got to do so many different amazing things, but it's it all comes back to, I guess, being in the right place at the right time and hard work and just pushing through. And, you know, that's what it all boils down to and working lots of hours and being there when other people don't get me wrong. It sucks sometimes. It sucks a lot because we don't have a huge We don't sleep crew. as much as we would like to. We don't sleep. We don't have a lot of people to to rely on to help with with stuff. The people that we do have, I, I am very They're grateful great. for. But it's it's hard, you know. And and we're both people that want to strive to do more and to do good, like to just do good. And so, I think that we created a really great team and friendship and partnership with what we do for the morning show. I could see us doing this. Don't wear the old radio dogs with the Hawaiian shirts. And they're like, get these old geezers out of here. (laughs) They're giving away family four packs. Get them out of here. Oh, gosh. If I ever give away a family four pack, that'll be the last day. Get her out of here. No, I got four tickets for you, and you can take whoever the hell you want to. (laughs) I don't care if they're family or not. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. All right. One hour and 50 solid minutes. Longest one yet. Stop it. I knew it was going to happen. What? Who's gonna live two hours of us? You'd be surprised. Wow, it's a podcast. Dang, and I still have to pee. You got to go to the bathroom, and I'm still. I told you here. you could go, and you chose not to. Okay, That's do on I get you. to go now? Sure. It's time. You don't want to say anything else? I don't know what to say. I don't think I've ever heard you say that before, <laughs> except maybe earlier when I asked you a question. But um, this is really cool. Like for for what we do, like to see you branching out and doing more. With, you know, like you say, taking average people doing extraordinary things and highlighting what they're doing. Like, it's just another outlet to expand on what it is you're already doing for four solid hours of your day. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Like, uh, 100%. I am am extremely proud. I think that you are the right person to do this. And you're getting to showcase a lot of amazing people. And I, I love that you're bringing family into it also. I think... 
that there's going to come a day down the road where you're going to be really glad you have some of the audio that you have. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much. When my grandpa ended up in the hospital Saturday night with pneumonia, I thought, holy shit. I talked to him four days ago and he's been in the hospital with pneumonia before. Mm-hmm. And when you're 81 years old, pneumonia is not a good thing. No, no, no. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, really? This is how, you know, I didn't think right. he was going anywhere. Right. I don't think he, he's a tough son of a bitch. And, um, I think that I did family and stuff because a, I wanted to hear the stories and selfishly, I want it for later, but also cause they're kick-ass people. Sure. And people, a lot of people have no idea that we're even related and people have reached out to me and said, I didn't know that was you. You could be at home in the family business. That's not what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. And so, it's yeah, totally it's, it's been awesome. And I, I, like I said, when I talked to my grandpa, um, it's, it's amazing what they showed us and what they taught us and, you know, quitting is not an option. And like he said, if, if you don't like what you're doing, find something else to do and you may have to, you may have to give up some stuff for a while, but you keep working hard and eventually it's going to shake loose for you. Something's going to happen. Happen for him, happen for you, happen for me. It can happen for anyone. Absolutely. If you're willing to put it out there. Mm -hmm. But, um, that's been been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad we finally made it work, especially right before Christmas because this will probably be out. I'm trying to think of what day it is. I don't it's know. actually technically the 11th when you're listening. It's probably going to be oh, more the full like moon right before tonight. Christmas at 12, 12, 12, 12, a couple hours away. Oh, good. I'll um, be asleep. So thanks for making time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, been looking forward to it. So, me too. This um, is cool. I've had a great time over the past almost five years. We got a lot more to do. Dang, it's so weird. And uh, it's been awesome. Really has. I'm about to watch another kid of yours be born. Yeah. Wild. Five. I'm just having well, dogs. Yeah. I got some dogs. Over well, you here. can borrow more whenever you want. When I went into pee, I love two them. of them were still up, so they weren't going to bed and they were getting yelled at. So maybe Uh-oh. we can go in there and see how that's going. But we'll wrap it up and check it out wherever you get your podcast. Let me think about this for a second. GarageTalkPodcast.com. You can rate, review, and I still haven't figured this all out, but Apple. Google, Android, Stitcher, Spotify. This yeah. is like a two-hour thing. It's almost Sweet there. Lord. Yeah, it's gold, too. It's something. Somebody's going to say, I can't believe you said that. And you'd be like, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Not whoops. <laughs> There's no whoops about Don't it. Don't judge me. There ain't no laws when you're having white claws. Whoops is when you, like... I almost said something inappropriate. No inappropriateness. Neither one of us were inappropriate tonight. Look at that. Yeah. Look at us go. I have got to pee. Okay, go pee. Uh, Let's see. I think I covered it all. Anyway, that's it from the garage. That is Ashley Main. And share this with your friends. She's going to pee, and I will probably (laughs) have to do the same soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.